The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show. Hey, hey, welcome. Another edition of the Disability Law Show is upon you. It's upon us, and we are ready to go. You want to reach out to either uh, Savannah Tamarkin, who's co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, or Albert Klein, also available. Here is the number, one 821 5900 don't hesitate just to have a call have a chat in private if you'd like and uh get your bearings get some information email works just as well help at disabilityrights.ca and i know a website we always talk about it's another avenue for you to ask questions anonymously at that mydisabilityquestions.com you can also search that uh, that database to see if your question someone uh, so he's one that's somewhat similar has been asked in the past. If not, leave it there, and it will get answered again, mydisabilityquestions.com. Okay, time is precious, guys. Let's get at it. Savan, opening salvo. What do you got, pal? John, uh, very good to be here with you and, and with Albert. Um, and for all our listeners here, uh, many of our listeners know that uh, at our law firm, we practice specifically several areas of law, employment law, long-term disability law, and personal injury law. And this is what I want to start with here, personal injury, because there are a lot of billboards out there, a lot of commercials for many lawyers. And I can tell you that uh, in my former life, many years ago, having worked for insurance companies as a defense lawyer, I came across a lot of interesting characters. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, it's better to call Saul, but I can tell you there are a lot of characters like like him out there. And you do have to be careful in who you go to and where you're getting your information. There are excellent, excellent lawyers out there, but there are also some lawyers I would say with questionable credential and experience. And so you just have to be careful. That's all. Do your homework. So let me start off with a case here, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, this is an individual who contacted us. It's a slip and fall. It happened in February of this year. This person fractured his ankle in three places. So we're talking about a severe ankle fracture. He went to the emergency right away because he felt that his ankle was bent the wrong way. I mean, I, that will tell you something, certainly. And he heard crunching. Mm. Uh, I cringe at that. Uh, now, this person uh, is a driver, uh, works for Skip the Dishes, and he's back to work now. Um, he was off work for about one and a half months, 53 years old, making around 2500 bucks uh, monthly. So we're talking about, what, $30,000 a year or so. Now, here's the reason why this is uh, interesting. Oh, by the way, he dropped the food at the door, just so people understand what happened here. As he was walking back to his vehicle, the lighting was not good, and there was a problem with the step, uh, with the client's step over there. There was, there was, it wasn't pre-code, and it was broken a bit. So from the pictures I've seen, there's no question that, that there is a problem there with the step that should have been taken care of. Anyway, severe fracture to his ankle. Now, the reason why this is interesting is, is this, and we've talked about this before in other contexts, John. You're dealing with a person who has gone back to work, or at least that's the information that he gave us after about one and a half months because he had no choice. He had to. Uh, And many people out there who suffer injuries, severe injuries, fractures, 
you know, I, I've had one lady I remember years ago who actually sustained a vertebrae fracture, right? A back fracture was, was you know, in, a, in essentially a wheelchair and then was back to work within a matter of weeks. I mean, talk about superhuman with this lady. I remember visiting her at home. I was just not, I was just crazy to me that she was back at work. And, and a lot of times people go back to work because they have to, meaning that they are the sole bread earners at home. They're the only ones who are, who are bringing any income in. Sometimes there are kids. You got to take care of things, right? Even if it's against medical advice. Even if your doctors are saying that medically, you should be at home recovering. So the reason I started off, you know, talking here and saying that uh, you got to be careful with which lawyers you go to is because uh, this individual here actually went to another lawyer before us. And that lawyer said, well, you've been off work for one and a half months, but then you went back to work. So really, you have no income loss, except for that one and a half months that you didn't work, which is just over, I guess, three grand, uh, close to $4,000. You know, yeah, you, you suffered an ankle fracture, but you're back at work. So it's not a big case. We're not going to deal with you. Now, look, John, I, you know, I pride myself on our, on our, our firm focusing on cases where there are more severe types of injuries. Sure. Uh, we deal with critical injuries. We deal with fatalities. We deal with fairly significant, uh, uh, you know, types of cases. I can tell you that an ankle fracture, especially in three places, especially one that may require surgery, in fact, probably will, is serious, especially when you're dealing with somebody who's over 50 years old, who moves out and about. Uh, someone like that should not be back to work within one and a half months. It makes no sense to me. The reason he's back is because he has to. So when I hear that, immediately I think to myself, okay, they're doing this against medical advice. They're doing this to survive financially. The reality is their doctors are most likely correct. I would bet that the doctors are right in saying you shouldn't be back at work so soon, at least. That means to me that this person may not be able to continue working full time or even part-time for the foreseeable future. It means that this person may be in a situation where because of the necessity of having to bring money home, that person may end up actually doing more damage to themselves and may potentially prejudice their ability to work in the future. Again, what does that mean? Think about this. If this person is 53 years old, let's assume for a second, at some point he's going to stop working. He's not going to be able to. Let's assume that there is surgery here. This person, became, the person can be off work for a long period of time. Even if he's off work for a year, as an example, as an example, you're talking about $30,000 plus. But can he go back to work afterwards with an ankle fracture of this magnitude? Or is he going to have mobility issues in the future? You know what we do in a case like this, John? Before we resolve it with the insurance company, we hire an orthopedic surgeon. An orthopedic surgeon that specializes in the type of injury that this individual suffered. Why do we do it? Because we need their expertise to assess what is the prognosis? What kind of treatments this person is going to need? Maybe they're going to need a whole bunch of treatments. In that case, we may hire another expert down the road. And by the way, we pay for those experts, not our clients. Right. right. So I can tell you that an ankle fracture of this magnitude, if this person at some point is unable to go back to work, is a case that's worth in the six figures. Where is it worth in the six figures? Is it $100,000, 200000 300 I have no idea. But when I was doing defense work in the past, I would resolve cases like this with lawyers who didn't know much, purported to say that they had experience in personal injury for thirty and $40,000. And yet, the first year that I left the defense industry, this was many years ago, many, many, many. I think that the first case that I was dealing with an ankle fracture, which was a lot milder than this, I settled for over $100,000. So which lawyer you choose and which law firm you retain will impact will impact how much money you put in your pocket. 
And that's why we tell people, John, do your homework. Do not just choose the nice face on the billboard. By the way, the reason you're hearing me on the radio is because I have a face <laughs> for the radio, right? But that's okay. I'm okay with that as long as I bring my experience, Albert's experience, Albert should be on TV. Uh, we, we bring that to the fore. We help our clients make sure that they get every cent, nickel, and dime that they can from the insurance company for their injuries. And if you don't choose the right law firm, you're going to see that impact because the insurance company is going to keep some of your money in their pockets. That number, by the way, to reach out to either the good-looking Savannah Tamarkin or Albert Klein. Also good-looking, one 821 5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca. And we'll keep it going here, guys, for a couple minutes. So uh, what do you got uh, going on, Albert? Well, it's always nice to be able to say you're good-looking when no one can verify it over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, but uh, this, uh, this week, uh, I, I had a case which... We're looking to resolve, and it's just a bit of a PSA because we're running into some difficulties, and effectively what happened was my client slipped and fell in the grocery store, was sort of experiencing some pain initially, not necessarily bad enough to go to the hospital, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And what did this person do? Unfortunately, they didn't go to their doctor. They waited three months, didn't go to their doctor, waited six months, didn't go to their doctor, waited nine months. And then 12 months later, they found out that they had some hairline fracture and, uh, and that it's been getting a, a lot worse and they could have been getting treatment this whole time. Also, what happened was any sort of surveillance footage that they would have had in this grocery store, now long gone, they don't have any witnesses and nothing to actually corroborate the fact that they fell on that particular day. And I really just can't stress the importance enough of going to your doctors very early, getting lawyers involved very, very early, obviously who know what they're doing, and make sure that there's a trail to document everything that happened. You want something as contemporaneous as possible. If you slipped and fell on some water, mm-hmm. if, you, if you tripped and fell over, every, over a particular step, you don't want later that particular step to change and now you can't verify or determine whether or not that was actually a hazard or not. And so basically you want as contemporaneous evidence as you can. And so as soon as you fall, I mean, most people aren't thinking that, right? They fall and they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, well, I hurt myself. How do, I, how do I make sure that I get out of harm's way? They're not thinking, here, let me document everything. Let me take right. photos. Let me see who witnessed this. Let me take phone numbers. But that's honestly what you should be doing should be taking photos, make a list of your injuries, and make sure you go to the doctor as soon as possible, even if you think it's not that serious. And I really just can't stress that enough. If in this case, uh, my client had gone immediately, I mean, we're still going to be able to resolve it. And, uh, and, 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 we, and we ultimately do have a lot of doctor support for the fact that this would have happened at that particular time. Yeah. But still, it would have been a much, much easier case had my client just Done, done everything essentially that I outlined. That's why you follow the advice of your legal team, right? Let's uh, let's pick it up where we leave off after a short break. Albert, lots more to go. In the meantime, reaching out, one 821 5900 You have the free and anonymous website also to ask questions uh, whenever you want at mydisabilityquestions.com. And if you go to disabilityrights.ca, the firm website, there's a media tab, and you can check out our long-running TV show as well. There's past episodes up there to be watched. They're also half-hour long, so have a look at those. And we'll continue with more Disability law show stand by
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show. Okay, welcome back. Disability Law Show. Let me give you some contact information uh, before we get back into it here. Savannah Markin and, uh, pardon me, Albert Klein, uh, both one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. That would be your email address from which we are going to uh, grab an email right now. This one, guys, from Beth. And as follows, says, my daughter was riding her bicycle when she was hit by a car who drew, drove too close to her. The driver was charged by the police, and my daughter, who was 14, was taken to hospital. This happened two weeks ago. My daughter broke two teeth and hit her head very hard. She was vomiting and dizzy, and the doctors are still testing her. They said that she suffered a brain injury, which is very, very scary. How should we deal with the driver who hit her? I'm extremely angry at him. No kidding. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Absolutely. I can't even imagine what uh, what Beth uh, is going through and her family is going through, John. Beth, it's very, very important that we speak as quickly as possible about what needs to be done. I mean, clearly, let the doctors do what they need to do here. They're doing the tests. Uh, they're going to recommend some treatments. She may be sent to a clinic, uh, most likely to a brain injury clinic, uh, probably downtown. Uh, it, very, very important that she's dealt with medically uh, as best as possible. On the personal injury side, it's crucial that uh, we notify immediately uh, the insurance company for the driver who caused this, they're going to have to be involved on a few fronts. First front is accident benefits. If you are a cyclist or a pedestrian, uh, if, you are, if you are not yourself in a car and you are hit by a car and you're injured, you are going to be entitled to certain benefits from that, uh, from that car's insurance company. It's called accident benefits, and they can be significant. Now, under Ontario legislation, there are several categories uh, where we, we look at in terms of injuries. We look at catastrophic, which this definitely can be one of them. We look at non-catastrophic types of injuries where we're dealing with fractures uh, and, and uh, tears, etc. And we're dealing with what's called minor injuries, quote unquote. I say minor injuries in quotes because that's how the insurance company characterizes them. It doesn't mean that that's what they actually are for individuals who are suffering from them. In this case, you may be dealing with a catastrophic injury. And so that means that there are certain benefits that she would be entitled to, your daughter, uh, Beth, you know, from a medical rehabilitation standpoint. For example, she's entitled to up to a million dollars. Uh, available case management you may need somebody a case management uh, uh, um, provider somebody to deal with the various treatments and to make sure that things are done correctly attendant care uh, taking care of her she may be entitled to up to six thousand dollars of that as a budget for home and that's available for life uh, so again there are quite a variety of benefits that she may be entitled to as a result of these kinds of injuries and I really hope that the brain injury here is not long lasting because Imagine, John, what this means for a young lady like that. Mm -hmm. 
These are excellent benefits, but there's also the tort claim, which is the claim for number one, pain and suffering. Number two, potential astronomical income losses here. I don't know what this is going to do to this lady's young lady's ability to earn income in the future. Uh, we're talking about other types of benefits or other types of, of, of losses that can be claimed here in terms of, of, of uh, helping her around the home in terms of other types of medical benefits that are not covered by the accident benefits insurer. Now, in this case, it's the same insurance company because it's the insurer for the car that hit her. My point is that it's absolutely crucial to get going on this right now, Beth, because if we don't, certain timelines may be missed. Certain limitation periods may be missed. Now, she is she, she, she's young. She's 14. So technically, in terms of starting a legal claim against the other driver, the at-fault driver, she has until she's 18 for the clock to start running. And there's a two-year limitation period. So technically, she has time. But there's no reason to wait. The more you wait, the more, in my view, you're simply prolonging the process. You might as well start it now. And by the way, when we deal with these claims, John, uh, we try to, as much as possible, not involve the claimant. I mean, in this case, Beth has to focus on her daughter. Her daughter has to focus on getting better. They're just at the beginning stages, right? I mean, it's absolutely crucial, absolutely crucial that they deal with the medical side. Let us deal with the legalities here. Uh, so we've dealt with those kinds of cases quite a lot, unfortunately, in different contexts. Brain injuries are very complex injuries. You need to get the right people on board, the right uh, uh, case manager from the insurance company. You have to get the right treatment providers. I mean, God help us if this is a permanent injury. Very, very important to get this done right. So, Beth, my suggestion is after the show, we get in touch with each other. We'll schedule a time for us to meet when you're uh, comfortable, when you can, if, if your husband is there or whoever it is from the family that wants to meet with us and we'll explain everything. At that point, you'll know what your options are, what you can do legally. We'll leave all the information material with you and then you can decide how to proceed. John, we never pressure anyone to do anything. There yeah. are some lawyers out there, unfortunately, who pressure people. That's not what we do. We give information out. If you want to subsequently retain us because you like us and you trust us, we'd be more than happy. We have a very robust team, very, very strong legal team, lawyers, clerks, paralegals, that we help people in those situations. Uh, but it's completely up to you. Our goal and our job is to give you the information you need. Reach out. Seriously, as events, as just have a phone call and at least go that far. one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca and again, mydisabilityquestions.com. And with that, guys, let's move on to our uh, our next email. This one's going to be Blake. I'll throw this one uh, in your direction. Albert says, uh, hey, guys, my brother was in a motorcycle crash in January when another car ran a red light. My brother was badly injured. He's got an L1 spine fracture and head injury along with quite a few other things. The police told us that we should contact a lawyer. We did, but none of the lawyers we spoke with actually sat down with the whole family to discuss and explain what happens now legally. They all just wanted my brother and his wife to sign documents and didn't really seem like they cared that much about his situation. A bit more info for you. Uh, brother is 42 and works as a software engineer. He has three kids under 10 and his wife is self-employed. Can you tell us a bit more about the process and what needs to be done? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Blake, thank you for uh, emailing in for your brother here. And I mean, it's uh, pretty rare that anyone actually says to contact a lawyer, but it's great that the police tells you to do that. That definitely was the right move. You also hopefully should have contacted your insurance company or your brothers. Uh, and similar to what Savan was saying, you're going to have two components here which your brother has access to, both the accident benefit side and the tort side. I'm not really going to go over all of that, but it's important to know that your brother sh 
should be contacting his insurance company who will cover his accident benefit. And then as well, the driver that hit him, uh, the driver that ran that red light, will be on the hook for any tort damages that, uh, that he ultimately becomes entitled to. And, I mean, this is something that we frequently hear. Obviously, the lawyers are always sort of fighting for work. And really what they want to do, it's sort of similar to real estate. Sometimes they really just want to sign the person up and make sure that that person commits to coming, coming actually and working with them before they actually explain their process. And as Savannah said, and we truly mean it, we never like to pressure anyone. I mean, we always, we're always willing to have a free conversation, free consultation, right at the outset of your claim. You decide if it's a good fit for you. We'll tell you exactly sort of our assessment um, at sort of a 30,000 feet level tell you what sort of risks that you have in continuing your case, what sorts of benefits that we see to your case, and what what sorts of uh, ways that we believe that we can fight it. And then ultimately, you make the decision that makes sense for you. Uh, In in, in terms of uh, the process, what I'd recommend you do is call the insurance company, make sure that they're notified, make sure that you get on your accident benefits as soon as possible. It's actually something that our firm can assist with. And then, and then give us a call and we'll explain the whole process in terms of what needs to happen, what our involvement is going to be, what your role is going to be, uh, which generally speaking, we try and limit your role so that you and your brother and your family can really, fo- can really focus on your brother's health and him getting better and just generally your family being able to function while your brother is rehabilitated. Van, anything to add? Yeah, so I, I think the advice is absolutely correct. Everything you said is right. I can tell you, John, that uh, I have met many people uh, over my career, over many years, where I wasn't the first lawyer they called for, for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, what I, the biggest compliment I think that I ever received uh, was when a person said, you know what, you're just like a regular guy. Uh, you know, you don't even insist on me calling you by your last name, which to me, I was taken aback because why would I insist that you call me by my last name? You know, you, 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 you're a regular person. I'm a regular person. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I do that with doctors yeah. too. I don't like to work with doctors who force me, uh, you know, in a legal case, who force me to call them doctor so-and-so. I mean, you know, let's just cut the crap. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's deal with this. And, and when yeah. you're dealing with a serious accident, like the family doesn't have time for this. They need to understand what their rights are. They need to understand what needs to be done. Also, I'll tell you something else as well. Some lawyers, um, you know, they focus really hard on signing you up. But when it comes down to actually doing the work, suddenly they're not responsive. And I have, I have no doubt, John, that we're going to spend some time over the next few shows talking about non-responsive lawyers. I have a really big issue with lawyers who sign you up, sign anybody up, and then they're a no-show. You can't reach them. You can't reach their assistants. They're right. so extra busy. No, that's nonsense. You have a lawyer. Your lawyer works for you, not the other way around, especially when you're dealing with a case like Blake's brother. So, Blake, after the show, let's get in touch. Again, cost nothing to have our team meet with you, speak with the family, explain all the options so you understand everything. And you know, give you the time, give you guys the time you need to make a decision. And at that point, we can assist if you want us to assist. If not, that's fine. We did our job. We gave you the information you needed. 
Blake, appreciate you reaching out. Good move. The next move now is to make that phone call and have uh, more of a, a specific chat with Savannah and his team. Savannah, Albert, awesome as always, guys. Going to leave the phone numbers and the contact information for everybody who wants to uh, do that and reach out if for themselves or a family member or colleague. Don't hesitate. one 821 5900 Help at disabilityrights.ca through email and then mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 toronto